And I often think, you know, if that girl could see who I am now, she'd be shook. She'd be like, what, what, how, what, how did we get here? You know? I was still very much in the place of, well, what am I not giving you? And, and if you want to do this, it's because you're not getting something from me. And I, I, and I always knew that that was ridiculous. Like I can remember saying that those exact things out loud to him, but in my head being like, you know, that's not true. Like, you know, that, that it is completely possible for him to want other things and for you to still be a, a great girlfriend and, and be doing all of the things, right? Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 178. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful interview with Kat. And as you kind of heard in the little clips in the beginning, because we couldn't choose, so we put two of them, this story is a lot about self-discovery and finding yourself. Yeah, as Kat said, she doesn't even like recognize herself from a couple of years ago. And yeah. how she got here is incredible. It's a fantastic discussion. So thank you, Kat, for that. We also wanted to make everybody aware Kat is also the host of a podcast called The V-Spot Podcast. She describes it as a vegan-ish survival podcast for best friends. Yes. So it's, <laughs> it's her and her best friend talking about all sorts of things, really not even just veganism. Um, and also for anybody who's like, oh, all vegans do is talk about veganism. This podcast doesn't touch on veganism too much. Like <laughs> very, very, very little. We're going to say it's less than 1%, <laughs> which is yes. my preferred amount. <laughs> no offense, Kat. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kat, uh, for coming on. We love this conversation and go check out her podcast. And we have a couple of quick announcements before we jump into the discussion. Yes. Our next virtual meet and greet is May 20th. That's a Thursday, and it's going to be at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you haven't joined a meet and greet, we'd love to have you join us. These are virtual, and they're only $10. They're open to anyone as long as you are open-minded enough and wanting to wanting to like meet people. You have to be wanting to meet people because that's the point of a meet and greet. <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, maybe don't show up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty implied in the name. I know. I was just rambling. <laughs> so make it known. If selling you don't, if you don't want to meet people, don't even think about signing up. Emma will kick your ass out of the pot, out of the meet and greet immediately. Uh, but really, truly, they're awesome. We have so much fun on these. And if you want to sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the meet and greet tab. We'd love to have you join us as much as I... Uh, joked around about this. And these are open to everybody. I think you just said that, but I just I wanted did. to reiterate it uh, because we also have a Patreon community. We're just going to uh, fire off a couple of quick dates because there's some important ones coming up. If you're not sure what Patreon is or you want to know more about it, stick around to the outro or skip to the outro. I don't recommend skipping this one, but no, you could just listen to the there. interview. <laughs> I'm just giving them options. Okay. Options. Yeah. So the dates are uh, today, tonight, we have our monthly Q&A. That's April 28th. And if you missed this one, don't worry, we'll have one in May. And actually the one in May is scheduled for the 26th of May. So that's at six o'clock 
Nope, it's not. Nope. It's at 9 o'clock Eastern and again at 9 o'clock Pacific. Yes, we do two of them. And we also have our men's group call on the 17th of May and our women's group call on the 19th of May. Again, we'll talk more about Patreon in the outro. And then we just wanted to also throw out there... um, Again, we we were bragging last week. We got vaccinated. Yes. So, do, 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 do. If you can, get out there and do it. Honestly, for us, it wasn't too bad. Emma was a little bit tired, but she's always tired, so I don't think that was anything new. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're feeling great about that, and we're super excited to get the second one. If you're vaccinated or you're starting to get out there and meet people, we'd highly, highly recommend getting tested for STIs. The way that we do this um, is using a service called STD Check. You've heard us probably talk about it before, or maybe you're brand new and you haven't. It's a super fantastic service. There are links in the show notes that take you directly there, and you can save $10 and When you do, it supports the show financially, and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, But it is basically you sign up online, um, you pay like $120, $130, something like that, and you go into a national lab like LabCorp or Quest. You give them some blood and some other bodily fluids, and they (laughs) test it, and you get your results in like a day on your phone, and it's awesome, and we love it. We've been using it for years, and lots of people have used it and love it and tell us really good things about it. So we wouldn't recommend it if it wasn't awesome. So go check it out. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Again, like Finn said, using those links does support the show. Thank you so much for doing that. And also on our website, while you're there, you can find, uh, contact us, send us an email, send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you as always. You can also find podcast show notes under the podcast tab. So we have pictures and um, links from every episode there. Yeah. So everything that Kat talks about today will be linked in the show notes there and they'll be in your podcast player as well as photos of Kat and Uh, her Instagram and everything about her show. So check that out and links to STD check will be in there as well as on our resources page. Yes. I think that's about it. Let's go talk to Kat. Well, welcome then to the show, Kat. We're excited to have you here. We've been just chatting for a few minutes and and you were saying you're super nervous because you have so much you want to say. So (laughs) we're not going to, we're not going to talk much because Nobody tunes in to listen to us. They tune in to listen to you. So uh, we're going to just give you a chance to introduce yourself. Um, We just want to say thank you for being here. I'll let you introduce yourself and let you just kind of dive into everything and we'll, we'll be here with you. Okay, cool. Um, well, firstly, I tune in to listen to you guys, so that's not entirely true. Yeah, right, I was right. going to correct you. I was going to correct you, but I decided not to. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, we have heard many people. Well, calling. we'll still we'll still be here, um, and we'll still be talking. We'll just yeah. let you. We'll let you take it away. We've, I don't want to. I don't want to like cut into your time. And if we have a burning question, we yeah, will interrupt you. Sure. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 Um, firstly, I feel like I need to apologize in advance. I have quite a few cats who don't understand the concept of podcasting. So like if you hear sounds in the background, I'm so sorry. That is that is uh, nothing new to our listeners. For the first year we did this show, we were traveling in South America. And so we had dogs, chickens, cats, <laughs> cows. It's all good. Every, every a man, imaginable animal you could think of we've had on the show. So. Yeah, they just uh, are not the quietest bunch. Um, but anyway, so my name is Kat. Um, I am in my mid-30s. I live in New York. I feel like I need to really take it back to kind of tell my story and explain how I came to be. Um, I grew up not at all in like a 
conservative upbringing by any means. I, I was raised Catholic, sort of. Um, my my parents are not religious, um, but my grandmother was was very religious, you know, super Italian, Catholic, like that whole jam. And so I did go to a Catholic school until I was in maybe like fifth grade or so. Um, my claim to fame, I always joke, was that I played the Virgin Mary in my second grade nativity scene. <laughs> and, and, and I was really excited about that because the boy that I had a crush on played Joseph. So I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is my opportunity. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, my, my upbringing, I wasn't like Catholicism wasn't really like jammed down my throat or anything. So I don't have like the Catholic guilt or any of that. I certainly wasn't raised super conservative or anything, but still somehow I turned into a teenager, a 20 something who was very prude for lack of a better term and very, um, inexperienced and kind of afraid of like, everything when it comes to sex and conversations around sex. And, you know, I grew up in a generation where like, you know, we, we, we watched Dawson's Creek every week and seventh heaven and Gilmore girls and these shows that taught you very specific things about what relationships were supposed to look like. And so I was the stereotypical, like filled with angst. Everything is the end of the world lyrics on my away message. Like that was who I was as a, as a young person. And I often think, you know, if that girl could see who I am now, she'd be shook. She'd be like, what, what, how, how did we get here? You know? Um, and so growing up, I had, you know, super monogamous relationships because every relationship I had, that was the one, you know, like I was like, what if this is it? What if this is the guy I marry? Cause that was just, how I was trained to think was that everything, your end game was marriage, right? You know, by 25, you're going to be married. I never really wanted kids. That was never really a thing I I saw for myself. Um, And even though I don't even know that I necessarily ever wanted to get married, it was still, that was the end game for me. Like that was just what you did. You know, the marriage, like the big wedding, big poofy dress, that just was what I saw for myself. And so you know, a relationship after relationship when that's not obviously quite where it went, I started to be like, well, what's wrong with me and what's wrong with me? And I would always feel really insecure about my very inexperienced nature when it, when it came to sex. Like I was very uncomfortable with conversations around sex. Like I would always be really nervous in relationships about like when it got to the point where honestly, the way I thought of it was, Oh, I'm going to have to have sex with this person. Like I just never was excited about it. I never, I, I I mean, probably in part because I never had the greatest experiences with it around it. Um, and I certainly was not taught the right things, you know, I never, I never really had conversations around, um, like sex ed or health class or, you know, any of the things that you really are supposed to be taught. Um, and the things I was taught were wrong, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't really realize that until I was like 30 years old. Um, and so when I found myself, uh, just a, a, you know, a handful of years ago in a relationship with someone who was, very different from me in terms of his uh, openness to sex and um, conversations and and what he wanted and what he expected from me. I was very uncomfortable with that. And so when the topic of non-monogamy came up with him, I immediately was like, I'm not talking about this. That's a hard no for me. And please don't bring it up again. And to be fair, he did not bring it up in a good way. Um, 
this relationship, as I will go into, um, was, I would say, super toxic and not uh, what one might call a healthy relationship. So I always say that like my introduction to non-monogamy was fairly toxic. And honestly, I got to a healthy place with it on my own, um, not because of the way that it was introduced to me. And um, But anyway, so it was introduced to me kind of in this way where it was like, this is something that I need and you can get on board or, or you can go. And I was like, well, and also it was brought up to me in a way that was really more like, I want to have threesomes and I want you to be with another girl and I want to watch and, you know, all these things that I was like, this super, super like vanilla girl that was like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Like super scandalized by it, to be honest with you. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, working up to, to being a normal person, (laughs) you know, or what people see as a normal person. And so I was so uncomfortable. And for the first little bit of that relationship, it was almost kind of like used as a weapon um, in a lot of ways, you know, like, uh, well, this is, uh, this is a thing you won't give me and, and you're making me change and, and all of this really like kind of gaslighting, toxic, manipulative stuff. And, um, it, and eventually because I was still kind of in maybe an unhealthy place with myself and my confidence, I was like, well, to make him happy, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this and I'm going to do some homework and I'm going to see what's what, um, because I had always, you know, through, throughout the years, I had always been really uncomfortable with the fact that I felt very inexperienced and that I felt like I, I almost, you know, you hear people talk about how they have to, they have to lie and say less people that they've had sex with. I always felt like I had to say more because I had little to no background with it. And so I always felt like I kind of had to like talk myself up. And that was something I was always really insecure about and felt really uncomfortable with. And so I was like, well, maybe this will give me an opportunity to kind of like come out of that shell and figure out like why I'm like this. And, but I definitely went about it in like a, there's something wrong with me kind of way. And so I, 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 very much, and I very much felt like there was something wrong with me in general because I didn't like sex. I wasn't somebody who cared very much about it or, you know, really felt that it was important in a relationship for me. And, and my ex before that, um, I, we didn't have a very sexual relationship and I would have been fine carrying on forever that way. Like it didn't bother me. And at the time I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. And for some people that's great and there's not, but I wasn't feeling that way because I truly wasn't a sexual person. I was feeling that way because I didn't know how to figure myself out. I didn't have the resources. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what to really do about my insecurities and the fact that I wanted wanted to be different. I just didn't know how. And so here I had this partner who was in a strange way, maybe kind of trying to help me make that change, but also in a pretty gross way, trying to help me make that change. And so I I was like, well, you know, to, for the sake of my relationship, um, I'm going to do some homework and I'm going to see what I can figure out and and what it is he's talking about. Um, and that was how I found you guys in part. (laughs) Um, I honestly don't even really remember how I found you. I think I, because I, I've always been like a podcast documentary, like very, like somebody teach me this kind of person. And so I, I bought the ethical slot. Like I went out and I was like, I'm going to read and I'm going to listen and I'm going to have people tell me what it is that he's talking about because he doesn't know how to tell me. So I'm going to look to other people to have them tell me. (laughs) Um, and so I was, yeah, oh, no, go go ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I was okay. just, 
I was kind of curious, like you, you had said when you first brought him up that you said like he approached sex much more openly than you did, which was, um, I guess sort of like an awakening for you. And then you kind of went into like, he started bringing up non-monogamy in a pretty toxic way and the relationship was toxic, but I was, I was curious just like on the piece of like him being more open with sex. Yeah. Do you feel like that was helpful to you in some way to like realize that, that it does, that there are people out there who are open with that and are able to talk about that, even if, maybe some of the other ways he went about stuff weren't the best. Like it was just sort of uh, a, an eye-opening experience. Yeah, 100%. Because I I had also never, to be fair, never really met people like that before. You know, uh, again, growing up, my friends, my family, people that I had dated up until that point, nobody talked about sex like that. And, and or really at all, to be honest with you, you know, when you're a teenager, it's a whole hee hee hee, did you lose your virginity yet? But then once you do, nobody talks about it anymore. And so I, I never had exposure like that before. And then I found myself dating somebody who was fairly clear with, with, what he liked and what he didn't like and, and was a very sexual person. And I, in a lot of ways was kind of forced, um, to, I, I, I don't like the word forced, but that's really what it was. Like I had to kind of look inside and figure out if I, you know, if I'm going to be with this person, then I need to make some changes. But also these are changes that I know that I have always wanted to make. And maybe this is an opportunity where I can kind of figure out how to make them. Um, it could have been a safer space for me to, to make those changes, but it certainly um, forced me to in a lot of ways. And, and even though we didn't have the greatest relationship, I'm super grateful for that because I would not be here talking to you guys if that hadn't happened. So... Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting, I don't know, like you said, like it wasn't the best experience, but it was an experience that sort of reshaped the course, reshaped yeah. the trajectory you were on. And, and it's, and it's hard when those come from a difficult place, but you wind up in a good place. And yeah. so. For sure. Mm -hmm. And when he first started, um, or I, yeah, when he first started talking to me about it and I first started doing my homework, I was still very much in the place of, well, what am I not giving you? And, and if you want to do this, it's because you're not getting something from me. And I, I, and I always knew that that was ridiculous. Like I can remember saying that those exact things out loud to him, but in my head being like, you know, that's not true. Like, you know, that, that it is completely possible for him to want other things and for you to still be a, a great girlfriend and, and be doing all of the things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't even know like why the words that were coming out of my mouth didn't necessarily match what was going on in my head. But I feel like in, it, for so many people, that's probably, you know, your, your self-esteem, your insecurities, like what you're taught too, though, you know, this is the way relationships are supposed to look. And so that's what I'm saying, even though I don't necessarily believe what I'm saying. Um, so when he first started bringing this up to me, it really was more of like, uh, you know, the idea of maybe swinging or, or threesomes or doing things together. And at the time I was like, okay, if we're going to do it together, then maybe I can get behind it. You know, once I started listening to you guys and reading my books and doing all of my homework, I was like, okay, together sounds like something I can do. But if you want to do this separately, that's not something I want to do. And, um, so we started kind of lightly talking about it, like maybe making a profile on an app together. Um, there we're upstate New York, but we're fairly close to the city. So 
So we started talking about maybe going to some of the different clubs down there and, um, kind of figuring out like what's what giving me the opportunity to, to, you know, step one little tiny toe into this world that I was very scared of, but starting to open up to. Um, and I, and I can remember being so proud of myself because I would like listen to you guys, or I would, you know, read a chapter or whatever. And I would come home and be like, Oh my God, this is what I learned today. And I actually really connected to it. And I actually feel like, yeah, that's me. They're talking about me. That's how I feel too. And he never really got excited about the homework that I was doing. And, um, he never, you know, listened to any of the episodes I suggested or, or would, you know, read any of the articles or anything that I would say to him. And so I started to really feel like I'm putting in all of this effort to give you this thing that you want and you're not meeting me halfway. And like, it was such a big deal for me, not just to be open to the idea of non-monogamy, but to be having these conversations about sex period was so huge for me as somebody who was so sheltered and like wanted nothing to do with it (laughs) up until that point, you know? Um, Yeah. And he, um, you know, was, I guess, you know, I don't know, as patient as one could be or whatever with my journey or so I thought. And, um, we finally started talking about opening things up and and exploring, going to a club, et cetera. And, um, I was doing a conference for work in London or Manchester. It was one of the times I had to go to the UK. So afterwards we were going to meet in Paris. And so we talked about, well, we're going to be in Paris. What a great opportunity. They've got different clubs there. Um, we'll find one and, and that'll be, that'll be our first time. We'll go out together in Paris. What a great thing. Right. Um, so we're in Paris and, um, one of the mornings were there. I woke up much earlier and I woke up to a text message from somebody letting me know that he'd been cheating on me. And so I was in Paris. <laughs> Some random person on the internet is telling me that my relationship is screwed. <laughs> you know, I was like, what is this? What is going on? And so I had to finish out the rest of that vacation um, in very, very awkward exchanges. Um, I, I kind of put it into my head though, that I was like, well, we're certainly not going to any clubs now until I get to the bottom of what's going on here, because it took me a really long time to get to this point of even considering it. And now come to find out there's maybe stuff going on behind my back. So that's done now. Um, and I felt really discouraged because I knew that like my relationship was never going to be the same or it wasn't going to be at all anymore. But also I felt really discouraged because I had really worked so hard to get to the point of being open to doing this to find out eventually that he had been doing it by himself for quite some time. And so I was like, this is so frustrating, (laughs) you know? Um, So we get back from Paris. um, I get to the bottom of the whole situation. To this day, he still claims that he never did anything, but I found text messages. I found an OkCupid profile. Like I found a whole bunch of stuff that really begs to differ. Um, And my whole point, even then, even though I wasn't like fully ready for the non-monogamy thing, my whole point then was if you had just told me that, that that you had an OkCupid profile, that you wanted to be talking to people, then we could have talked about it. And I I might've been cool with it just so long as I knew what you were doing, because if you want to go out and do it and I, and I can still kind of continue on my process and meet you when I'm ready, then that would have been great with me. But instead he took it upon himself to go out and do it by himself. And so we never, 
we, we stayed together for a little bit after that, but we never, the conversation about opening up never came back up between us. Um, I was like, we're done here. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that entire, the entire thing is built on trust and and honesty and when that's broken. Yeah. If you're, I mean, you're already struggling to, you're, you're learning and you're coming up to speed on all of this. And you're sort of rewriting the entire narrative in your head and how this is going to look. And then to have the entire thing just blown up like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's a difficult thing for somebody to rebuild if they've been doing it for years and years and years together. But like you're you're just starting to like maybe think about, I mean, honestly, just putting the training wheels on the bike to begin with, like to go for to go for your first ride. And then you just yeah, the whole thing's blown up. It's that's that's crazy. I'm. Sorry that it that it happened that way. Yeah, yeah. and in yeah. Paris of all places, then you have to spend vacation with somebody I that you're know. like pissed off with. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know what came over me, but I was like, "We're not doing this. I am enjoying my time in Paris. We will deal with this when we get back. You are not ruining my trip." <laughs> and I continued on with all of my planned tours. I was like, "No, no, no. This is my trip. I, who knows when I'll ever get back to Paris? You are not ruining this for me." So yeah. I at least like was able to kind of it in and realize that I, I can't escape the situation. I'm in Paris. Like I, I can't right. like, go to my mom's or, you know, whatever, like it is what it is. Well, so good on yeah. you for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually yeah. curious. I was curious too. Did you know if he had prior experience in non-monogamy? He did. Um, okay. he, yeah, he, um, he, he never went into like a lot of detail, but he, it sounds like he had a couple that he mm-hmm. was kind of involved with periodically. And at first it, it almost sounded like he wanted me to be a part of that. Like he wanted us to go over there and hang out. And after a while I stopped kind of hearing about them. So I'm not really sure, you know, what exactly the situation was. Um, but yeah, it had been a thing that he had experienced previously. And I don't know, I, I don't know, uh, again, what that looked like. So maybe that's kind of where his misguided view of what he was looking for came from, because I still, I don't think he ever really knew. I think he knew he wanted to involve other people in our lives, but he didn't quite know what that would look like or how he wanted to do that really. Um and so he was terrible at expressing it. And he was, mm-hmm. you know, not great at asking for what he wanted. Um, but because I never asked for what I wanted, <laughs> it seemed better than where what I was doing, you know? So mm-hmm. it it, um, it seemed like at least a step. Um, but I think, too, the whole with everything that happened in Paris and, and being so frustrated and just feeling like, well, we're done here and that was really frustrating for me again, because I had started to feel ready and excited about this thing that actually sounded like me. Like it actually kind of started to explain some of the reasons that I had struggled in previous relationships. It it kind of started to explain like, or make me feel comfortable about the fact that I was so inexperienced, but really wanted to change that. You know, like I, I wanted to like sex. I wanted to understand. I wanted to be somebody who was like open and having conversations and, and very sex positive. I just didn't know how to do it. And through, you know, those conversations and through my learning, I was starting to feel more open to it and more, um, excited about it and positive about it. And like wanting to talk to my friends about it. I actually found the courage to bring it up to one of my girlfriends and lo and behold, she's like, Oh, that's really strange. You say that because I 
I think that I'm, we're going to open up our relationship and her and her boyfriend have now been in a poly relationship for a few years. And, and that conversation started right around the same time me and my ex were having those conversations. So that's something that like she and I might not have talked about otherwise. And now it's a thing that we get to bond over as, you know, some of the only people we know who are open to that. So I'm, you know, really strange and weird time in my life, but, um, I'm definitely grateful for it. And uh, he and I were together for three-ish years. Um, and at the end of it, it, it ended again with accusations and and really not great stuff. And there were a lot of other reasons that he and I were never going to work. He wanted kids. I don't want kids. You know, all of, all of those kinds of things. Um, I am an insanely independent person. And I'm like, please leave me alone. Like I need my me time. And he was the opposite of that. Like there was a lot of reasons, but, um, mostly it was the communication and the lying and, and all of that. And it took probably, I would say a good year almost after we broke up for me to really come to terms with the level of toxicity that had gone on in that relationship. I think I tried to like justify a lot of it. And I can even remember, I started going back to therapy in the midst of that relationship, um, because I, I knew that I was having these thoughts of what's wrong with me. Like there's definitely something wrong with me. And I knew that was wrong. And so I was like, we're not going to go backwards. Like I, I'm a person who's always suffered from anxiety. And, and I was like, we're not going to go backwards. We're going to make sure that this doesn't affect us in a negative way. So I went to therapy and I can remember omitting a lot of things from my therapist because I didn't want her to tell me what I already knew. You know what I mean? Mm. And so you know, after leaving that relationship, I, I, it took me a really long time to really kind of understand what had happened in that relationship. But the one positive thing that I took with me was knowing that I wanted some form of non-monogamy. And like I said, when I was with him, the thing that had sounded most interesting to me was the idea of doing things together as a partnership, whatever that looked like, I wanted to be doing it with a partner. And then once I got out of that relationship and kind of kept doing my homework and and talking to people, I started to realize that, no, that's actually not what I want. Um, this idea of, you know, multiple relationships and meeting people and, and, really, um, getting to see what's out there and, and all of that is really more what interested me, um, rather than having, you know, the one partner that you do it all with. Um, and so it's really interesting to me that like the, the way that I started it, I'm like, then I was like, no, 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 I could never be poly. I could never, I just, I could never do that. And now I'm like the opposite. (laughs) I'm like, no, I think that's, I think that's what I, that's where I'm at actually. So it's just interesting how you change and how you like evolve. Um, you know, I guess partially is your environment, but the more you learn too. Um, and so once I got out of that relationship, I decided that this was something I wanted. Right. And so I, when I started dating again, I would bring it up and, uh, of course, everybody that I met was like, no, I'm, I'm definitely more of a monogamous kind of person. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, m- me too then, I guess. <laughs> and I would kind of default back to the idea of monogamy. And um, I, should, I should say too, just to, I guess, back up really quick was I, um, I know I've said a lot about being like super inexperienced and uncomfortable talking about sex, but like that is no longer the case, obviously. Like I'm cool to talk about it now and I feel very sex positive and I, you know, I'm actually in school right now for uh, women and gender studies, getting my master's degree because I want to help like educate girls on things that I was not educated on growing up. You know, like I didn't know that that 
the orgasm gap was a thing until like five years ago. So <laughs> these are things that like we need to know and we need to educate people. And I, I feel like current generations are so lucky because they probably know, but I did not know. <laughs> um, but that's anyway. awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing that you're doing that. And and I like I can relate. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know growing up either. And um, I I know that hopefully current generation, like the younger generation now knows a lot of those things, but there has to be so many people that still grew up, grow up in the same way we did. So like, yeah. very like, well, yeah, I mean, none so. of it's taught in schools, right? right? They don't, they, no. it's, yeah, it's, it's, insane. it's the opposite. Yeah. And what they do teach you is, I I don't even know what they teach you. They teach you, well, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant or an STD. Like that's what they teach you. And and even in a public school, you're still kind of taught to not have sex till you get married. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's no real conversations around consent or what sex should be because you're just not supposed to be doing it. So, you know, and I can remember too, growing up, like there was such a taboo around like talking about masturbation and like girls don't do that. That's a, a thing that icky boys do, you know, like that's, that's the way it was portrayed. And so I just had no idea what the world had to offer me until I was a grown adult. And so I, I want to be somebody that like provides that for, for other people. Cause I didn't have that. There, there was none mm-hmm. of that for me. So I want to be that for other people, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I just want to say too, like, I think it's a pretty incredible, like coming out of transition well yeah the going going into the relationship you went to into with this with this other person having it be shitty in a lot of ways but open your eyes and then you came out of it like it's the i mean we've heard this before and similar in in various Mm -hmm. ways like the non-monogamy was brought up it happened in a really shitty way and the person comes out of it and is still like well that wasn't what it's supposed to be i'm gonna make it what it should be for me and you just move forward and you create it your own way. And I think like, I think that's amazing. And I would love to hear like how you went from like this relationship's over to like, let's build what I want to build. Yeah. So I'm still kind of doing that to be honest with you. I, um, over the last uh, like year and a half or so um, that that I've been out of that relationship, I have dated here and there, and it and it, it did kind of default back to the idea of of monogamy because people just and I mean partially because of the, the pandemic, yeah. um, but also because people just weren't the people I was meeting um, weren't open to that. And I have all of these you know like these things that I look for. Uh, uh, do we align politically is a big one for me. Um, being a vegan, uh, it's not you know a deal breaker that I that I find somebody who's also a vegan, but it is hard, you know? Um, so somebody who's at least like open to that, like I have all these things. And so I, I guess I sort of thought like, well, maybe that's the one I can negotiate on. Like we can talk about it, you know, uh, down the road, maybe I'll bring it up again and I know the wrong way to do it. So if I bring it up again, I I'll do it the right way. And I know I was, uh, you know, opposed to it at first. So maybe people will change, you know, like that whole mindset. And, um, so I kind of defaulted back to the idea of monogamy. And then the last person that I would consider like that I was in a relationship with, um, who was also not super open to the idea, but at least was, you know, like, well, we can talk about it, you know, maybe down the road we can discuss it. Um, he also cheated on me. 
<laughs> and so, um, I know <laughs> it's really stupid. <sighs> and you guys, like this one is this one was really stupid because I, we had had so many conversations where I was like, "This is a thing I really want to do." And so, if you are open to it, like let's do it. If you ever, you know, meet someone else or you're ever interested in someone else, like let's talk about it. Um, and still, we decided to lie about it and go and take a different route. So. I mean, that one was done the second I found out and, and ever since, and that, that was just, you know, three, four months ago. Um, and ever since I've just been like, never, never again, never again. Everyone I've talked to since then, I'm like, are you down? No. Okay. Then we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's turned into a deal breaker for you. Yeah. I I, I at least need to be, I think more clear and, you know, I I can only control me, right. You can't control other people. And so I'm like, at at the very least, I'm going to be more clear. This is what I'm looking for. How does this sound to you? Do you have any questions? What happens next? You know what I mean? So if it's, if it's a thing where people are like, oh no, no, I'm looking for monogamy, one-on-one white picket fence. I want to get married and have kids someday. Like all of those things. I'm like, I'm not the girl for you. You know, I, I might not even be the girl for you, even if I was interested in monogamy. Cause I feel like I'm so non-traditional in every other aspect of my life too. Um, so I just kind of, I'm, I lay it all on the table. I'm in this new place of honesty where I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. And if that's not what you're looking for, then it was nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, th- I just find it so, I think it's so telling about where our society is that, that like the more acceptable thing, like for him, it was, a, it was an easier thing to do to cheat on you than to literally have a conversation about the thing that you've been having a conversation with him about for the entirety of your relationship. Like, Hey, if you want to do this thing, I would like to do this thing with you. And then he's like, well, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it behind your back and lie to you about it and cheat on you. And you're like, well, what the fuck? Like we just, yeah. like all you had to do was talk to me about it. Yeah. And you, and it was, and it was like, you still defaulted to lying about it and doing it the yeah. way that everybody else does. It It just blows my mind that it's like that this thing is so, I don't know, taboo. So like misunderstood that 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 conversation can't even happen when you're begging to have the conversation. Yeah. It's so crazy because in both instances, when, when they were caught, they both were like, no, 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 I didn't do that. I swear to God, I didn't do that. And I'm like, but if you did just tell me, you know what I mean? And and so the insistence and the denial, I'm like, I don't understand it. Like why bother? What's the point here? You know, this could have gone a very different way and a much healthier way. If we just had a conversation, the conversation is what makes or breaks it from cheating, right? Like yeah. if you have the conversation beforehand and and everybody is thumbs up, go ahead and do what you want to do, then it's not cheating anymore. It's it's the lying and like the going behind your back that makes it a problem. And right. so yeah. uh, zero well, tolerance policy, guys. Zero tolerance yeah. policy. <laughs> I, I I don't blame you one bit. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, have you know you've described this transformation in yourself over the last few years have um i'm curious like how have people in your life friends family reacted to that have have how has that gone yes so um my 
my like I said, one of my best friends um, is Polly. She's um, she's kind of like my almost my like mentor. I feel like in so many ways. Um, I, sometimes I'm like a little embarrassed to be like, "Hey, I have a question." <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm the little sister. Um, but so she's been great. Like I can talk to her about literally anything, and um, she's you know the most supportive person. Even before she's always been one of my closest friends. And then one of my other closest friends. Um, we've just, she asks me a lot of questions. Um, she's married and her husband is one of my best friends as well. Like we, we always kind of joke that the three of us are a thruple. Um, but like the joke is probably more that like, I'd be okay with that. (laughs) And and they, (laughs) you know, um, but so she asks me a lot of questions, which I really appreciate because I think, um, it can be hard to kind of understand, you know, she and I've been best friends for, 10, 10 years at this point. And she's always kind of known me as this, this one way. And, and she was with me through the whole saga of, of my ex. And, um, there were things that I omitted from her as well and didn't tell her until the relationship was over. And it was kind of like, you know, how come you didn't tell me? I can't believe you didn't tell me. And I was like, oh, I was embarrassed. And, but she, you know, she's been super supportive through all of it. And so she, I think does her best to ask me questions and understand what it is I want my life to look like now. So she can best be there to support Support me through it. Um, cause she's used to just hearing about like this one guy or, you know, this long-term relationship or, you know, the things that your best friends are used to hearing about. Right. And so now this is a little bit different and, um, she's, she's married and they've been together since the dawn of time. So, um, I think it can be kind of hard to understand sometimes things that aren't widely talked about, obviously, and, and things that don't look a lot like the way you live your life. But, um, I was explaining to her, I was listening to, I think it was one of your episodes. I, I wish I could remember who said this. I'm the worst. I should have looked it up because um, it was one of my favorite things. She described having a girlfriend that she doesn't have sex with. It was one of your guests. And mm-hmm. she was talking about how, why do we quantify a relationship based off of whether or not it's sexual? And as I was listening to it, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's, that's me and Danny. Uh, and, um, and I texted her and I was like, I just heard this thing on a podcast and it totally describes you and me. And I think that's so great. And da da da, da. Um, because that's how I feel about her. Like I, sh- I love her to death. I love her husband to death and they are just as important to me as any romantic or sexual relationship would or could ever be. And so why do we have to put, you know, certain labels on things just because you are or are not making out with them or whatever, you know what I mean? So, um, when I told her that, that story, she was like, Oh, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And, um, we've had a lot of conversations since then. We, uh, we got vaccinated recently and we were in line for hours and hours waiting. And so we're in line with all of these people and she's asking me questions about non-monogamy. And I was like, these people hate us. <laughs> these people hate us so much. <laughs> or they're, or they're, they're, they're fascinated and like, that's the you're best. educating them yeah. throughout through the COVID vaccine line. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just going to interject, I believe, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm, I'm in the high nineties of the percent sure. That the episode you're talking about was 137, and I, and it's funny, the person who that was was also Cat, but with one T. It so might have I, be- been. Yeah. I believe I believe that is is the episode you're talking about, and it and it's with regards to uh, a relationship with somebody else from a previous episode. I was going to say exactly uh, number 106 with Rachel. Yes, if okay. I'm 
if I'm if I'm on my game, that's, that's what I recall too. I was going to bring up the Rachel episode, yeah. so okay. I believe I believe that's the case. So okay. yes, but thank you for referencing that because yeah, that was that was very much like yeah, they have a relationship and it's it's a sort of a platonic life partnership. Yeah, mm-hmm. who yeah. who the hell gets to define what your relationships are? Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I have a one of my one of my other exes. Um, he and I, he's my best friend aside from Danny in the whole wide world. I love him to death. I will love him forever. And that's always kind of been a point of contention in relationships that came after him because people don't understand how you can be friends with your ex. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. this foreign, weird thing. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be though. Like we just realized that we weren't right in that way, but we knew we were best friends then. And we wanted to preserve that version of the relationship. And we have, and we still talk every single day. He's coming to visit me in July. Like he's one of my absolute favorite people in the world. And that was always something that was weird for people. And, and I, and I'm just like, we, why do we need to do that? Like why, you know, just because you break up, you can never speak to somebody ever again. Like there are reasons that you, find yourself wanting to be in a relationship with someone, whatever that relationship is. And I think if you can preserve any of that, if it's, you know, if it's a healthy situation, then you should, you know, even my ex that I had a terrible relationship with, we're, we're, you know, we're fine. We're cordial. You know, we chat every so often, you know, there were positive things that came out of that. And we've had a lot of, um, kind of, great conversations, uh, even fairly recently around what happened between us. And he's done a lot of work to better himself. And I've clearly done a lot of work and, and I'm, you know, I think that people change through time and who's to say like your relationship can't evolve too. just because you didn't work as partners doesn't mean you can't work in a different way, you know? Totally. And I know that quoting again or referencing Dan Savage as we very often do but he says very similar things like as far as it's a often can be a good sign if somebody you're dating is friends with their ex because um then you can say like if this has never worked out maybe there's a chance of a friendship here too so I think that that's, thank you for bringing yeah. that up. I think it's a very valid point. Yeah, of course. I, I just love people. Like I like to meet people. Mm-hmm. I want to know your story. I want to know what's going on. What can you teach me? I am all about like learning and bettering myself. And especially, if, you know, because I have put in so much effort to get where I am and, and I feel like so many, you know, women especially just don't have the resources. I'm like, what do you want to talk about? Like what, what are your struggles? What are your successes? Like let's exchange stories and see like how we can help each other, you know, with men too. I just am like, what's going on? You know, I, I just like to learn and, and know people. And so I, that's kind of where I'm at now is just like, I can't imagine that there is only one person in this entire world <laughs> that I'm supposed to spend my time with, you know? And so I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm spending my time with whoever I want all of the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and how has it been going, right? Since you implemented the zero tolerance on non-monogamy tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, Well, you know, a surprising amount of people who don't necessarily um, openly identify that way um, are are like, let's talk about it. I want to know what that looks like for you because I know someone who did it or I dated somebody once who brought it up or, you know, like various situations. So I've had a lot of really good conversations and um, I'm not um, 
I'm not partnered right now. I've, I've got like some, you know, different things in the works, I suppose. A <laughs> couple, um, couple of irons in the fire. Yeah, a couple of irons in the fire. Um, but everybody's like super cool and open to conversations and um, which is very encouraging for me. It makes it a lot easier for me to be open to conversations. Um, I'm also the kind of person where when I find something that works for me or that I'm excited about, good luck getting me to shut up. I'm like, who wants to talk about non-monogamy? Who wants to talk (laughs) about veganism? Who wants to talk about the patriarchy? Like I am, I can't be stopped. And so I love when I meet people who are open to it because it gives me an opportunity to like, again, share what I've learned and maybe provide that for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so maybe along those same lines of like, Wanting to talk about all the things, and and Emma kind of asked like how the support has gone from people. Have you opened up to your family about this at all? No, no. I um, I, I think eventually I'll have a conversation with my mom about it. Um, my parents are the coolest. Like I I hit the parent jackpot for sure. Um, my mom and I are like the same person. It's really disturbing in so many ways. Like her voice sounds like mine. We look alike. It's very strange. Um, but because when, you know, growing up, we didn't talk, I, my parents never gave me a sex talk. You know, I can remember being 18 and, and telling my mom I wanted to go on birth control and she was just shook by that. And so I always, even if it wasn't necessarily said, I always felt like conversations around sex were super taboo and like, I shouldn't talk to my, my mom about that. Um, I mean, obviously I'm older now and certain things have come up and I've talked to her about things here and there. And I think maybe when my ex and I broke up, I might've mentioned a little bit of him, you know, trying to push me towards non-monogamy, but I can't quite remember. Um, so I think eventually I will, I will try to have that conversation. Um, I, I think, um, probably my brother would be the only person right now I'd be comfortable telling, um, I haven't yet, but I figure, you know, at some point, if the conversation comes up, I feel like I'm still so early in the stages of all this and kind of trying to figure myself out that they don't need to know. They're cool. You know, my my mom's always kind of been like, a, don't ever get married. You don't need to do that. Like women don't need to do that. You're fine. You're fine. So she's obvious. She's never been the kind of parent who's like, you're 35. Why aren't you married? Or are you going to have kids? Yeah. Like that is certainly not my parents. So it doesn't really ever come up. I think she's glad that I'm seemingly not talking to boys or whatever, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that you're fiercely independent and doing your own thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and I love that. And I love, and I was just curious too, like back on the, like this transformation, this, this growth that you've been going through, what are some of the ways you've seen yourself like change, not just in like, well, now I'm open to non-monogamy. Um, but like, are there other things that you've seen this, like this past, you know, what, two or three years that you've been doing this, uh, relearning all these things? Have you seen that bleed over into other aspects of your life and, and start to impact those in a positive way? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a, a couple things kind of come to mind. Um, like I said, I, I, 
you know, for a little bit there, I did default back to being monogamous. And I do think that my experiences with my ex and and through the knowledge of what non-monogamy or polyamory could be helped me be better as a monogamous person because I was more communicative and I was more open to conversations about literally anything. And, and it made me more aware of my boundaries too. Um, I'm a big boundaries person. Um, that was actually something that came, um, I do Reiki and like energy work and stuff. And I took a class once about um, setting boundaries and the idea of, um, you know, uh, relationships that go both ways and like, are you getting what you're giving and all of that. And so I'm a big boundaries person. And I think that all of this has really helped me form more mutually beneficial relationships and kind of set boundaries for what I will and won't accept in my life, both romantically, personally, but also professionally. Um, I don't love my job. And I think that my being a much more honest person now has helped me a lot with that because I'm asking for what I'm not getting. I'm giving direct feedback. I'm doing all these things that I would not have done even just a few years ago. I would have silently suffered. I would have complained to my coworkers and I would have just gone on my merry way. And now I'm like, no, no, this is what I need to be successful. And if you're not going to give it to me, who is, you know? And so I, I think it certainly helped me there. Um, I think it's also helped me a lot in my anxiety. I'm a wildly anxious person, predominantly in social settings, which is probably where a lot of my inexperience and being totally afraid of sex came from. (laughs) Um, and I think that, um, it has helped me a lot because I feel less alone in a lot of the things that used to make me feel insecure. And, um, through all of this, I've realized that there are so many people like me who feel that way and have had maybe rocky introductions to this world or rocky introductions to, you know, whatever it is they find themselves doing with their lives now. And, and that's a really great connection to have when you're, kind of going through like a, you know, somewhat of a, what a third of a life crisis, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it's definitely helped me in, in quite, quite a few ways. Yeah. That link to the anxiety and feeling less alone is super powerful because there are so many people out there, especially when it comes to the sexual world and that, it like anxiety is just skyrockets and Mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it is one of the first pieces, at least in my experience to help that bring down that anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true. Most things, if you're anxious about and talking about them, it helps. Um, But the, that's just a really powerful connection. Thank you for sharing that piece. Yeah. Um, Yeah, of course. And, you know, you mentioned earlier on that, you kind of dove into research and you dove into, um, you know, our podcast, but also some other resources. And I wanted to ask too, do you have any recommendations that you would point people towards that were really helpful for you? Yeah. I I mean, obviously you guys for sure. Um, but so the ethical slut was really helpful for me. Um, I actually just recently reread it. Um, but I did the audio version so that I could, cause I, I struggle to get through books because I, I'm tired all the time. (laughs) And so if I can like listen to it at work or in the car, like that's why I love podcasts so much. So I, um, I decided to do a reread for school because I get to kind of choose my final paper. And I was like, I'm definitely going to do it on monogamy for sure. And so I decided to do a reread of the ethical slut and I got the audiobook, and it was, um, a very different experience listening to it 
for, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and I just recently got into the multi-amory podcast and I love them. Um, and I'm reading her book, the, um, smart girl's guide to polyamory. And I'm doing that Mm -hmm. on audio as well. And I love it. I love it. I feel like the title is probably discouraging for people who aren't interested in polyamory, but I wish that everybody would read this book because it it goes into like the history of relationships and like the history of monogamy and non-monogamy and polyamory. And it also talks about like relationship styles and how we learn to trust and like all these things that are not exclusive to non-monogamy. It's, it's people in general, right? So I wish everybody would read this book, but I feel like only a select few are going to read this book because you're looking for something specific, right? But um, yeah, th- those are definitely my, and and talk to your friends, you know, even if you think they don't understand, they might, you never know. Yeah, no, that's a super powerful suggestion too, is that it helps you uh, connect with friends on a different level too, mm-hmm. if you're vulnerable enough to bring something like that up. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because I've had a lot of good conversations through just like subtly being like, so <laughs> what do you think of this, you know, and and finding out things about some of my friends that I certainly never would have known and having really great conversations with friends that I would have been uncomfortable to talk to previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I just I have had a great time listening and talking with you. And I was curious, like, do you... I know you're still kind of figuring it all out, but like right now, when you think about like what would be ideal for cat and like, Mm -hmm. if you were to like be able to like sit down and build your perfect Mm -hmm. relationship or relationships in the way that it looks around you, like today, Mm -hmm. what would the, what would that look like for you? That's a great question. I feel like I change my mind all the time, but um, (laughs) (laughs) that's part of life. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. So I feel like, um, I, whenever I'm, you know, hearing people talk about the idea of like hierarchies and stuff, I I'm always like, I don't love that. Maybe it's the terminology that I don't like in terms of having like a primary and a secondary partner and all of that. Maybe I just don't like the way that it sounds because I think in practice, that's probably what I I would be looking for is to have a primary partner, but still have the relationship be open and we're still exploring other relationships. I think it's just those words that I don't love. Um, Because that's, I, I, again, I really like being by myself. So my, like my friends laugh at me because they're like, you don't like being around anyone and you want to have multiple relationships. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) I know. Um, But I think that's the structure that would probably work best for me um, because yeah, I don't know. I feel like I change my mind all the time. (laughs) And it's okay. It's part of the journey, part of the learning process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. We've covered a lot of ground. Well, I should say you've covered a lot of ground. We have we haven't even asked that many questions. This it's been it's been perfect. It's That's been exactly awesome. the way we like it. Yes. <laughs> I told you I like to talk. I could like go on and on and on, you guys. <laughs> well, it's perfect. Uh we wanted to make sure to give you a chance to is there anything else you'd like to talk about? And um 
And we don't want to rob you of your blooper if you have a blooper. We know you're a listener oh of the show. Oh, yeah. and- oh my gosh. You guys I should think of that question. <laughs> I am sure that so like that everybody who comes on your podcast spends days trying to figure out what they're gonna say when you ask that question. <laughs> Unless you're somebody who just like has a bunch of stuff to draw from. I am not. Um, so I don't I, I mean, I feel like my tripping and falling all the way through this is my blooper, but I don't have um, like a great story for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No need to apologize. We just, we, we've, we've done these before where we sort of like the conversation didn't really go there. And we, so we just kind of like omitted the question and then they're like, Hey man, what the heck? You didn't ask about our blooper. And I'm like, well, sorry. Oops, like go oops. for it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to like rob you of that opportunity, but you know, to Emma's point, if there's something else or if there's anything else you wanted to share, we'd love, we would love to have you share it and then give you the opportunity to talk about uh, your podcast as well, because yeah. it's awesome. And we want to, we want to give you the chance to like, yeah. spread the word. Um, I guess all I'll say is, you know, if, if there are any people listening to this who are, you know, are where I was three years ago when I found you and, and kind of scared of this idea and it might be something you're into, it might not just, you know, do it for you and, and, and do the homework for you and, and really kind of figure out what it is that you want in life and, and try your very best to not make decisions for other people. Um, that was definitely a thing I had to learn the hard way and, and, that's where those boundaries come from. And I think it's really important to focus on those mutually beneficial relationships and make sure that you are allowing the right energy into your life, whatever that looks like. And, um, just don't be scared, ask questions and, and, you know, do all of the homework, whatever that looks like. If you're not a super nerd like me who needs to buy all of the books and watch all of the movies, then (laughs) whatever does it for you, you know? Um, and don't be afraid to ask for what you want, because that was a thing that I, learned very late in life was how to ask for what I want in every aspect of my life. You know, I was super uncomfortable admitting that I didn't like sex because I I didn't enjoy it. And I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. And so find out, find out what you want and then ask for it is I guess all I would say. Um, and as soon as I get a blooper, I will let you know. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think you, you just touched on something that I wanted, that I wanted to ask as part of the question earlier about the um, like ways that this has bled into other aspects of your life. And, and you don't have to get like super graphic if you don't want to, but the people hearing like, you know, that you didn't like sex or you didn't think you like sex because of all of these other factors, like how has your relationship with sex changed in the last two to three years? Fantastic question. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, yeah, see, I knew there were all these things I was going to forget. And that was like a really (laughs) big thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, because I, like I kind of lightly touched on before when I was growing up, I, I don't know that I was outwardly taught it, but it was certainly something that was ingrained into my brain that like, Oh, you know, boys are icky and they touch themselves and girls don't do that. You know what I mean? And and so I was like a grown adult before I started exploring my own body. And it, part of that was because I didn't have the education around what that should even be. Part of it was because I was taught that girls don't do that and that's gross. And part of it was because it's so made fun of like you see these movies where you know everybody is just like joking and laughing you know movies like american pie and you know all this stuff great i love these movies but it certainly does teach you something from a very early age right and so when i grew up i guess for lack of a better term i still feel like i'm growing up but um i started to be like i 
there's something, I, I keep using the phrase, there's something wrong with me, but I really truly always felt like there was something wrong with me, that I wasn't enjoying sex and that I was somebody who didn't care or want to be having sex. And so I was like, well, let's start doing our homework there too and exploring things. And I think I was probably like 30, 31 when I bought my first vibrator and like a whole new world was opened up to me. And it wasn't, you know, it it was not a partner that taught me how to like sex. It was me that taught me how to like sex. Mm -hmm. And it was through exploring my own body and understanding, you know, I didn't even know again until I was in my thirties that most women don't have an orgasm from just penetration alone. I thought like, there's something wrong with me that this isn't happening for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Because people don't teach you that. And so once I started exploring and figuring all of that out, I was like, oh shit, this is what people are talking about. I get it. (laughs) I get it. I'm here for it. Yes. This is a thing I want to do. Um, and so I've just been kind of like on a, on a, journey since then, figuring out what I do and don't like. And the fact that I'm now able to communicate what I do and don't like is just an added bonus. And I'm actually finally able to be a sexual person and, um, you know, it be the way that I always like wanted to be, just had no idea how to do it. You know, I, I can remember, you know, back in the day I was living in New York when silly 50 shades of gray came out and I can remember everybody like giggling and reading it on the subway. And I can remember reading it and being like, what is this? <laughs> is this even, you know, even as somebody who had like little to no experience, I was like, I just like, don't think this is what it, life is like. you know. <laughs> and so I'm glad that I finally was able to like come through the other side of it and figure, figure myself out. I guess. Mm-hmm. I hope yeah. that answers your question. No, it does. <laughs> and, 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 I think so. It's amazing. And I think too, like I, you did this work for you. Right. And I, but I think one of the things that comes out of this is that it's super helpful to partners you have in the future, because like you said, you now know what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And if you can communicate that to them, like, they're going to have a better experience. You're going to have a better experience. The whole damn relationship's going to be better, even if that relationship is just a, a sexual relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that, you know, whatever the relationship is in quotes, like it's going to be better because you know who you are better. You can communicate that to them and then you two can find what works the best for, for you. And I just, I think it's super exciting. And, um, I just will take the responsibility for, for you honestly that. should take quite a bit of it. If I'm being no, honest, you really should. No, not, I take no responsibility. No responsibility. You did, you you did, did that all work. on your own. So you I was just, work. I was just, you guys certainly helped. It's, it's so funny. Cause like you guys, who I obviously, you know, didn't know until now. And then, um, this girl that I went to high school with, who is a, um, uh, she goes by Miss Couple now. She was a, a headmistress at a local BDSM chateau and up in upstate New York. Um, and she and I have been in very loose communication since high school. But she wrote a book and she, you know, has done all this stuff. And she's obviously very sex positive. She's all over the internet and social media and all of that. And I reached out to her recently and was like, you have done so much for me and we haven't spoken in years. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> you know, like I was like, I just want to thank you because you have helped me on this journey so much and you had no idea, you know, and so it's just interesting the way that people like you affect people and you have maybe no idea that you're doing it. And so thank you guys for that, I guess. Thank thank you. That's very kind. It is. And I would just say like, 
we built the platform, but like it's your story and what you shared is what hits people. And so like, thank you to you and to anybody else who's come on the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just like somebody resonates, at least one person resonates with every story and we get emails about it all the time. And so, yeah, just thank you Kat for, Mm -hmm. for coming on and sharing everything and, and reaching out and also like we wanted to make sure to give you a chance to That's talk about your saying. podcast yes. share about what yes. you have going on so my podcast the v spot v is in vegan the v spot podcast um so we've been doing it for almost four years i think I think November of 2017 is when we started it. It's, I don't even know what day it is right now. So I think that's, I think that's right. Um, and it's, it's so funny cause we, I, I hate to say it, but we put like minimal effort into this podcast. Like we're just two best friends who get together every week and just shoot the shit. And for whatever reason, people care, <laughs> you know, <laughs> people care. They care what we have to say. They care about our opinions on veganism and about whatever else. And, um, it's really cool and exciting to, um, to, to have like that kind of a community. I'm, you know, the community that you guys have built is just, I, I talk to Danny about it all the time. She's the one I do my podcast with too. And I'm like, this is what they do. And they do the, you know, they have the Patreon and they do these meet and greets. And I was like, I don't know if anyone would care to look at our face, but like, maybe we could do that. <laughs> and so, um, but we were just, uh, recently veg news. It's a, um, vegetarian vegan magazine. It's, it's like a pretty big deal in the vegan world and they do an annual, um, best of awards and we were nominated for that. So that was very exciting. Cause we're like, how do you even know we exist? Um, we were up against, uh, I forget the name of the podcast, but like Kevin Smith does a podcast with his daughter and we were up against them. And, um, that one of the actresses from Harry Potter, Ivana Lynch, I think is her name. She does a, a vegan podcast. We were nominated against her. I'm like, how do you even know that this little itty bitty podcast from upstate New York is a thing? So that was very cool. Um, but you can find us all over the internet, wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find the V spot. Um, we're on, uh, Instagram, all of the things we are a vegan. We say we're a veganish survival podcast for best friends because we started off as a vegan podcast, but we talk about everything. This last year has been largely political. It has been not very vegan, more like current events and, um, stuff going on in the world. And so even if you're not necessarily a vegan, I think we're a pretty good time. So give us yeah. a listen. Awesome. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. awesome. And I'm, I'm just, I want to just clarify, is V-Spot a play on G-Spot? Yes. And, <laughs> and I, and so the reason I asked that is because I find it fascinating that, that you went with that before your sexual awakening. So, you know, it's really funny. Um, the person who named our podcast is actually Danny's husband, who is our producer. He came up okay. with that. Yeah. So um, a, man, right. a man came up with that. <laughs> so for so for like the first for like the first two years, you're like grossed out by the name of your own podcast. It's just <laughs> Excellent. Wow. I'm glad I dug into that because that was yeah. gonna that would have bothered me all night if yeah, I had you hadn't asked. Yeah. Really funny is that a lot of people don't actually get that. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, the V spot," and they're like kind of confused by it. And I'm like, "Hello." Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when I heard the name of your show. Yeah, so. you, but you're a pervert. So <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> oh boy. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Kat. It's been an absolute delight. And I think you know we say this a lot, but like 
having you back on in a year or at whatever time frame, like yeah. your yeah. journey is like been evolving so fast that like to see and hear where you're at and where it, it goes, like we would we would be honored to do that again. So yeah, I'm do in. Not, do not awesome. um, disappear on us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm here. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you, guys. And enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah. Yes, and, you too. And we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Cool. And we're back. I thought you were going to say something with me. I thought you were going to chime in there. Nope. <laughs> thank you so much, Kat, for reaching out to us, as always, coming on the show, being vulnerable. And we love talking to you. It was just an amazing conversation. So thank you again. And this is also a good time to remind people, if you want to share your story, yes. we would absolutely love to hear from you. Our Kat, yeah, she has a podcast, but she's also just a badass person. And we have so many badass people on the show that have nothing to promote. We don't need you to have a podcast or be somebody famous to come on the show. We just love hearing awesome stories. Yes. So reach out, let us know. We'll get you on and you'll hear your episode and then you'll be famous like us. <laughs> Pseudo famous. <laughs> Way to cut me down. <laughs> cut me down in my prime. Cut us both down. <laughs> no, we are famous. We're fit and Emma. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Pseudo, pseudo famous. Don't get too full of yourself. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, we do want to quickly touch on our Patreon community here. This community is full of such amazing, incredible people. We can't say enough good things about everyone that is part of the community. Thank you. Thank you for joining and for participating. We have a MeWe chat group. We have men's and women's calls, and we also have a monthly Q&A. In fact, our monthly Q&A for April is tonight. That's April 28th. And we have another one scheduled in May on May 26th. Those are at 9 p.m. Eastern and again at 9 p.m. Pacific please come join us. If you're interested in learning more about Patreon, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the Patreon button, and you can find all the information there. And I would just add on to that well said. I was going to say, that was like a pretty salesy. That was pretty much your best one ever, so well done. I was just going to say, a less salesy version, if you're looking for community, if you're looking for other like-minded people um, and support out there, this is a great way to find it. We get so much out of this, and we, we've heard so many great things from people who have as well. So yes, it's, it's that's a couple, the whole point. It's a couple bucks a month. If you don't like it, you can always cancel. We don't get too offended, and we would love to see you there. <laughs> we don't get offended at all. I get a little offended. <laughs> Speak for yourself. People got to try things out and find what works for them. For sure. That's all about. Point, that's like, the whole point of the show. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Next week, we have an interview with Kitty Chambliss. And do. she is the host of the podcast Loving Without Boundaries. And we're excited. We actually met her in person like, geez, what, two years ago? Two and a half. Almost three years ago, I think. Is it? No, two years ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago. We met her at a conference out in Portland called the World Domination Summit, which is awesome. Sorry, you can't get tickets anymore, but uh, it is awesome. We will talk about that in the episode next yeah. week with her. So we're excited for this one. It's a great conversation, and we will see you all in a week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.